Hey, everybody, this is Richard Ryerson from Dose of Leadership Podcast, and you're listening to Bob Nolly on Labrador Leadership Podcast. Live from the RVA, this is the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Dr. Bob Nolly, the program that brings you the leadership skills that can make you the most authentic, approachable leader for the sake of your business, your team, and for you. Now, here's Bob. Got Alex. Here they come. Here they come. They're lining up to get here. Ladies and gentlemen, we have seats for everyone here up on the porch. Get out of the heat of the summer. Have a seat. Have a cold one. How are you? How are you? Welcome. Welcome back. You have found the Labrador Leadership Podcast and welcome back. Welcome back. Alex, how are you, dear? I'm better than before. Better than before. Yeah. You know, life is a word problem. (laughs) <laughs> life, life is a word problem. I know I'm being so uh, cryptic and candid. <laughs> yeah, no, that we they'll never know. They'll just never know. So, uh, yeah, I did. I did this episode. Uh, this is number fifty nine. So, like on fifty eight, I did this thing about I, so a lot of people are on the street here in Richmond, and uh, I had this thinking about what it looks like for somebody that's new looking for the next gig versus somebody that's, you know, in their fifties looking for their next gig and the tricks they're going to use are very different, but it made me think about something I said earlier and I, I should be able to say, you know, like in episode three, I said this, but, uh, I said that all other things being equal, all other things being equal, Skills being the same, I would rather hire somebody with a liberal arts degree rather than somebody that perhaps ha- had a business degree or or an IT degree or whatever it is. You know, if I was if I was a hard scientist, if I was a biologist, and I was hiring somebody to help me in the lab, I, you know, well, hard science is different. You know, th- they're just reasons I look for a liberal arts degree, and then out of nowhere, out of nowhere. Audrey Lacker, and I'll link it up in the show notes, has an article in the Pulse on LinkedIn about five reasons liberal arts degrees aren't completely useless. <laughs> and she makes some good points. And, you know, I've got to tell you, Audrey, I'd I love to have you on, and I'll extend the deal to you. But, you know, there's nothing for us to talk about after this. I don't know. Well, of course, there may be. <laughs> but but I, I think you absolutely nailed what I was thinking about here. And, you know, one thing. You know, I had always had this vision. I never quite got it done. And I guess a podcast doesn't lend it to it. We could do it over on YouTube, you know, to teach leadership through the movies. You know, you've seen people in the movies that you just go, if you thought about it, you just go, yeah, I would, I would follow that guy or lady, you know, to the end, to the end of the world, whether it's, uh, you know, something, whether it's something Patton-esque in the military, or if it's something like, or, you know, I'm thinking Saving Private Ryan, too. I'm thinking of Tom Hanks and that. Or even in science fiction, even if it's even if it's fantasy, even if it's Katniss Everdeen, you know, there are people you follow. But these liberal artsers, liberal artsers, uh, she makes the point there, there are five things that they do that make them worthy of your consideration. Now, only you as the hiring manager can judge. But they do bring something to the table. And here's what the things they do 
that translate directly, directly to them being able to contribute to your team. I almost said contribute. (laughs) (laughs) Contribute to your team. I don't. I'm not even going to lift that out. I'm going to leave that in. That's good. Before we go into go into um into Audrey's reason reasoning. Yeah. Let's discuss what the actual ups. I mean, of course, liberal arts uh, degrees they're they're great, but it's because these people think outside of the box. So you're going to have these like creative problem solvers, and I don't think that she exactly hits that on the head um, when she goes into her five reasons. But I've always found that, say, someone with um, I don't know, say you went to school for English or start spitting out majors here, Bob. I'm I'm not or sure. Or history. But, yeah, or history or something like that. Or art. So yeah, you have this like niche knowledge, okay? Anthropology. Yeah, anthropology. Well, Religion. anthropology is also and I feel like anthropology that can that relates to communications in so many ways and Communications helps you out in business in such a huge way. But I mean, thinking outside of the box and kind of approaching it, if you if you have, say, you're working at Dell and you have a bunch of programmers and a bunch of business guys and, and just a lot of suits, you know, and then you have this one person that maybe wears blue jeans to work, but damn if they can't find a solution way quicker than everyone else can. And it could be that that, that niche knowledge really helps kind of propel a creative reasoning that you wouldn't normally have in the pack. Which I think is something that is probably, I don't know why she didn't really hit that on the head. Did you see that anywhere in here? No, no. And you're absolutely right. You know, if you go back, one of my favorite, <laughs> sorry, thanks thanks for coming to rehearsal. One of my favorite questions that I asked the grad students on my org behavior class is that the whole concept of organizational behavior, and that's that class right after the general business class that yeah. you take. Uh, and I, I make this statement, I go, the roots of organizational behavior are in psychology, in social psychology, in anthropology, and political science. And I asked them, which one of those do you feel is the most important? And, you know, like new students that always want the right answer, they go riffing through the book trying to find it, knowing that there's no right answer there. The model's there that, you know, the diagram of all the contributing sciences. And, uh, and oh, what I said, psychology, sociology, and political science and anthropology, those five. And because the question started with, which one do you think is the most important? And that has roots here in what we're talking about today. This is what the liberal arts guys bring. The people that studied psychology or sociology or anthropology. This is what they bring into it. Sometimes the suits don't see that. Yeah, and especially I'm sure in an organize, organizational behavior uh, class, you know, people are thinking very uh, by the book, as yeah, you said. Absolutely. You don't think that, you know, you're going to have an open-ended answer like that or uh, an answer with no re- – or a question with no real answer. Yeah, I, uh, I always like uh, – to have a question for an online class in the discussion threads that has no answer so I can get them to do the heavy lifting on their critical thinking there, which, of course, is part of the growth. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that, too, later. All right. So she makes the point. They, they have done things, these liberal arts students, that prepare them. And one of them is, for example, doing the homework. 
Well, you know, that's like telling the students, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put something else about this. The, the things a student has to do to be successful in class, and one of them come to class, and the other one, of course, is do your homework. And they've done their homework to get this degree, but they need to keep doing their homework to be successful in this job. And she mentions a lady that tells a story that she went into a job and was in the video game industry, and and they asked them the question, what do they think? feel the uh, most important game of the year was and she named some game that was three years old and you know she said as soon as she said it it sucked the air right out of the room and she knew she wasn't going to get the job because it was old news and she just wasn't up to speed her opportunity there was for her to do her homework yeah i mean going in there with a quick google you could have found out the game that came out last week but i mean honestly if you're not up on the the video game industry and you don't know what came out the the week prior or, or you know the difference between what came out the year prior or you know this year maybe you shouldn't it's not the right environment for you and and you know we we say that a lot that you kind of have to find your your right fit and and uh your your niche in a company but you know it's just not surprisingly she didn't get the job but you know, now her work kind of makes more sense to what her background is. So, you know, you can't be, you know, you can do your research, but if you're doing your research and it's a role that you don't really want, you know, that'll probably show through as well. And if you do want it, if you're not qualified, then, you know, that could be, that could be the reason it didn't work out. You know, something interesting you mentioned, you could go to Google and find out in a, in a microsecond what the what the greatest game was. You know what's my uh, another big search engine I use a lot is what? Amazon. Yeah. Because when you, in the internet marketing world, I, I tell people that are trying to put products together, I go, go, go to Amazon and go to this section of go to video games and just sort them by the bestseller. And oh, just see, sure. just see what's selling best. That is true. Or if you're you're going to write a book on something, you can go back. Let's go back to Google again. Just start typing in the search box, help with, and then Google Google autofills the top searches for what people are looking for help for. So don't don't plan to write a little you know ebook on how to clean a cheese grater. <laughs> when, when you know the the top search is how to stop depression and you know number two is how to learn math and you know just just by doing that it's kind of interesting uh you know i'm gonna do it right now as you sit here while we're on the air washing right. a refrigerator is it is difficult yeah oh absolutely all right here we go <laughs> how to uh set counter start for social ser- sharing wow that's all how to tie a tie how to get rid of ants? So that, you know, wait, maybe what, these are your these are your most popular searches, aren't they? Uh, yeah, probably. That's kind of interesting. Uh, <laughs> how to get rid of ants? Did I do that? No, I don't have an ant problem. No infestation here, man. Okay, so you have to do your homework. the The next thing they did is knowing your audience. You knew who you were writing for when you had to stand up and give a presentation in your classes. You knew who your audience was. That applies strongly here because whatever job you're going to take, you're going to tailor your message to get done what you're trying to get done. Yeah. A lot of uh, performance art majors, I'm sure can give a speech way better than the rest of us. 
I, oh, th that's true too. That's true too. With the proper amount of preparation, they uh, they could outperform literally somebody that sat in accounting classes for. Yeah, I'm sure that people in the semesters. arts they have to uh, have a thicker skin. You know, think about all the critiques they have to go through in classes, and the fact that they have to go stand up in front of a class and do a monologue that they just seen you know 30 minutes prior so a lot of uh a lot of those um you know majors i'm sure are going to be you know amazing sales amazing in sales they'd probably be great in marketing you know there's there's just a, a huge pool of um of people that are probably in the wrong careers yeah yeah there's something to be said for that and so these folks are going to get it and really be able to do the throwdown and sometimes though they get they get intimidated. That's the best word. I was going to try to be more creative, but I can't. Uh, be more intimidated because they don't have their hands around all the data. You know, they're in a business that is, you know, living in a big data warehouse, and they can't get their hands around it. You know, my, the, my advice is don't worry about that. The people you're talking to want to see your thinking applied to that and want you to just answer the question, what does it mean for us? What's the value? In the finance classes I teach, you know, I keep telling them finance is not about money. It's about value. So you can answer that question with a flair. You're a rock star. What's another one that jumped out at you? Um, well, you know, I like the, um, the opinion is everything one, actually it is the next one, but I also, I think that was my favorite one. So, uh, and the subtitle on that one is leaders make decisions to take an informed stance and it's true. You know, it, there's no in business, there's really no time to sit there and deliberate. You kind of have to make these, these snap judgments and you have to kind of have opinions about where you think the you know the next the next market is or where you think that the uh the next like opportunity for growth is so yeah you know you're going to be making these these split judgments but you have to be incredibly informed in order to make those decisions in a heartbeat yeah at the other end of the spectrum this is this will kill you at some point in your career if you're like this if you're a yes man oh god i'm the worst yes man oh no don't say that no, you're well, not. I can't imagine you being that way. I say yes to everything, and then I'm overloaded, and I go insane, and it's really cute. <laughs> aren't, but wait a minute. Aren't, aren't you rather yes, but? <laughs> True. Yeah, it's yes, but. Yeah, but. Yeah. I see what you're saying, but think about this. <laughs> and, you know, that goes right into the second one because storytelling, and I love that. Storytelling is such an art, and it's a law start. And if you come out with a liberal arts degree and have an inkling of a skill set in storytelling, oh, you're really, you're really going to be able to make something happen because you could pull a story together and you could tell it in a, in a New York minute. How, how long is a New York minute? Oh, no. maybe three seconds, three seconds. Oh, okay. Five well, to keep I was going to say half a minute, yeah. half a Richmond minute then. Okay. Yeah. 30 seconds. Uh, to, to say something like, like that. seven minutes. <laughs> you had so much more time in Richmond. 
here's what this storytelling does. It's not just, you know, being able to make your pitch and have an opinion that fits. It's being able to craft it together in a way that knowing your audience, you could, you could just deliver it with, I want to, don't want to say with a flair, but I will say with impact appropriately wordsmith in the right way. So people go, Oh my gosh. Do you, do you uh, believe in the elevator pitch? Do you, do you uh, have one that you do? Uh, I I've always had one, but I I think it changes now instead of uh, saying mine always started with I am or am or I'm, you know, I am. Mm-hmm. But now I, I start with, I help. Oh. Oh, I like that. I've never been able to get mine underneath, under a minute. I have so many things to say, and I, I can't get it all out. Mine, mine was two senses generally. It starts with, I help, subject verb. And the second sentence is, I do that by one, two, Three. I love the Holy Trinity in sentences. I write like that all the time. Oh, One okay. comma, two comma, and three. So mine's a minute. Yours is two sentences. Wow. Yeah, but I talk so slow. Maybe it is 30 seconds. Okay. <laughs> okay, so storytelling's a good thing. Uh, all right, you, you, got, you got number one nailed, though. You've got number one nailed. Oh, yeah, you got to hustle. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Not working. So... And that's a, a huge thing, especially, you know, now if you're just breaking into the job market, you're screwed. I mean, you know, there's a million jobs and there's 3 million people that want them and you have to be um, on someone's short list before you ever get a job. So I've applied to probably a hundred jobs in New York. And I've probably interviewed for six of those jobs. So, you know, you have to realize that you're not the only person looking for a job. So you have to be the only person that's looking for a job the way that will get you noticed. So I actually read this awesome article and I will uh, pull it up for Bob and link it, link it over to him so you can put it in the show notes. But it was about, um, and a, a woman that, uh, and Bob, tell me, stop me if you've heard this one. So a woman wanted a job. She couldn't get a job. She uh, wanted a job with Airbnb. And she applied for Airbnb. She applied to Airbnb. She wanted to be one of their marketing uh, people. So she graduated from school. She knew all she wanted to do was work for Airbnb. So she made a report that detailed Airbnb's downfalls after applying and getting denied from Air- from from the that certain corporation. She made a a global marketing plan, showed them where their weaknesses were, and showed them how they could do it better. And she submitted it to them as a resume. And she got a job with Airbnb. Yeah, that's hustle. That's hustle right there. You know, it's and it's stuff like that that, no, I mean, how many people would think, oh, okay, I'm going to create a... I'm going to create a document that shows a company their all of their downfalls and all of their, their, you know you know, places where they're failing, they're failing their market. They're not expanding the way they should. And I'm going to show that to them. I'm going to put my name on it and then they're going to hire me. I mean, nobody thinks that way, but the people that think that way are the ones that get the jobs. 
So yeah, so hustle hustle is not working working into a lather. It's not working hard. It's, it's not it's smart. not working uh, you know uh, 15 hours a day. It's networking. Uh, and you have to realize that you know human beings are still uh social by nature and they want that interpersonal uh connection, but they are also you know they have the uh intuition to realize when you're just doing things to get something back from them. So, and, and people say networking, 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 but all of all that those people are doing are asking for things. They're not doing anything in return. And I see it, I see it every day, you know? Um, and so you really have to, it's about creating a connection and showing people, um, you know, your skill set in a, in a very casual way so that they realize, Oh, you know what? They'd be great for this. It's not you, you know, asking all of your friends to put a word in at their job. You know, it's, it's gotta be a very, um, crafted situation, you know, and, and I'm not saying go out and use people and manipulate a, a, a relationship to get what you want. But, you know, if you're leaving your house more often, that's, that's a good sign that you're going to get a job. You know, it's, especially in New York, you know, you could bump into someone, anywhere that you go in a public restroom or something, which there's not enough of those in New York. But if there were, I'm sure that you would bump into your future boss, you know, saying, Oh yeah, no, your hand dryer's broken. You can use mine, <laughs> you know? So and here's where networking's hard. And we've talked about these people, you know, throughout all 60 shows we've done the eyes, the introverts, it's hard for the introvert. Because it means asking people out for coffee that, you know, people you don't sit next to or go to lunch with somebody. We're just, just for the sake of, you know, creating those relationships from scratch and having those conversations about getting to know people so you can share what a great person you are. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just like analog LinkedIn. Yeah. Well, and LinkedIn's funny, and I mean, funny enough as it is, because you know people are there, and we all have jobs, and we all like to lurk on each other's jobs. But there's really LinkedIn is funny because there's not as much, you know, it's called LinkedIn, but there's there's not as much communication on LinkedIn as there are on other platforms. And I don't know if that's because they're trying to make it a more professional setting, or that that's an actual downfall in LinkedIn. You know, is that you're paying for messages a lot of times, or you have allotted messages rather. So how can you really keep up with someone? You know, I guess it's, it's kind of for, for first gozies and then <laughs> you go to email, but here's where the value is there. Instead of, you know, sharing peop, uh, pictures of, of cats, you know, Thank, you're sharing, yeah. you know, business related articles, I'm but super there's thankful. an opportunity yeah. to write in the long form there. Yeah. And I don't I'm like that a lot. So thankful there's no cats. Yeah. But, you know, there are a lot of articles. You know, if you follow, I follow all of these, um, these industry influencers and, and they're always posting great stuff. And then when I go in and I look at it, you know, I feel a little bit, um, feel a little bit uh, voyeuristic, you know, like, oh, well, I don't know this person, but I follow them because they're, you know, the head of some company and, and, you know, you have that that option to just follow them instead of, you know, connect with them. Um, and you know, it's, it's nice to, to look in on that. So that's my, my, uh, 
love note to LinkedIn after I complained about, you know, there's not enough cats or messaging. Yeah, so so Audrey Lecker, we're coming your way. We're going to ask you to join us here, so be ready. Yeah, you should let me interview her. I, I would like to do that. That's a great. I, she is I, a uh, she characterizes herself as a recovering media professional, and she is a, in grad school MBA candidate at Texas A and M. Oh, Texas! We'd have a lot to talk about. That's right. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> that would be excellent. We'll do that. Okay, folks, you've been listening to episode fifty nine five nine. Count them, which is actually sixty since we started with zero. Remember. So who is 60? Uh, episode uh, 59 of the Labrador Leadership Podcast. You can find the show notes and all the links I promised you uh, at labradorleadership.com slash 59. Alex, thanks a bunch for this one. Hey, thank you. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. For the sake of all the special people in your life that deserve you to be the best leader you can be. You can be. Connect with us on our website at labradorleadership.com, on Facebook at Labrador Leadership, and on Twitter at Lab Leadership. Now, here's a final thought from Bob. Okay, what's the takeaway? Remember, do your homework, know your audience, have opinions, storytelling, and hustle. Hustle is networking. Everyone, take care of one another. See you next time. So long.